The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I hope you have been enjoying the Through the Bible series that my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching on heavenly authority. In the current sermon, Pastor has been discussing divisions in the church and has focused the message on 1 Corinthians. We've seen Paul rebuke that church for boasting in men. We've seen the contrast between true faith and human carnal religion. We've seen how all too often those in the church build tombs to God's servants, lifting up and adorning their name, but burying and ignoring the teaching God gave through them. And Pastor Greg gave the example of a modern liberal minister who falsely used the name of John the Baptist to condemn all of us who believe the Bible is God's literal word, labeling us as intolerant. When we left off last time, Pastor Greg had read from chapter 4 and verse 15, where Paul tells the church that though they might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, they do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, he was the one who had begotten them through the gospel. Here now is Pastor Greg. You have 10,000 tutors. Now, maybe of those, and that's probably hyperbole, but you have a lot of these people who all want to instruct, and everyone wants to teach, and they all have their own ideas, and some of them could be very good. They could be those that really believe in Jesus and are instructed in the right things of the teachings of the Lord. And some could be instructors with hay and stubble. They just want the attention. They're not so good. They're not teaching the Word of God. They're not really changing it. They're just kind of neutral. And some could be drawing attention to themselves, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Some are troublemakers with good motives. They might really believe in Jesus Christ. They might really love the Lord. But, you know, in their flesh, they were troublemakers before they were saved, and they just haven't changed, so they're troublemakers after they're saved, and they cause problems in the church. And some are troublemakers with bad motives. They just want to use the faith for their own extortion and self-indulgence. But Paul did the initial work. And he's saying to them, he says in verse 16, therefore I urge you, imitate me. No more boasting, no more saying I am of Paul, no more using his name. Rather, just do what I did. Become like I've become. Follow Jesus Christ. You ought to be in Christ. You see what I did. Follow my example. Do the same thing. Don't honor me with flattering words. Honor me by doing that which I taught you to do. And then he says in verse 17, For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you, they need to be reminded, of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. It's open. It's clear. It's not some hidden secret mystery. He has revealed the mysteries of God. He shouted it out. Everybody knows what Paul thinks wherever they go. It's very clear. And 
Timothy has to come in and remind them. And isn't it something after 2,000 years almost of church history, how again God has to always remind all over again about the simplicity, the singularness, the purity of the gospel teaching. There is nothing new under the sun. He says in verse 18, Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and the spirit of gentleness? And you think back to chapter 2 when he tells how he first came there. In verse 1 he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. It wasn't with flattering speech. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, the simplicity of the gospel. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. One thing about Paul, he says sometimes he had faltering lips like Moses, but when he's there, he gave a tremendous argument to the Athenians, and some got saved, and most told them to go away. Paul could give wonderful logical arguments, but when he walked into the town, he walked in in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's one thing those in fleshly human religion, they can have big buildings, they can have wonderful robes, but they will not have the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying here, you know, there's this, this contest arisen in the church and these different groups, and it's a contest really between the simplicity in Christ and worldly religion, and those on the side of worldly religion sound very good sometimes, but he's saying, you know, they're puffed up by their words, but if I come to you in the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but of power in the Lord. And what will happen if I come in and the Holy Spirit falls down upon those true believers, falls down upon him in rebuke of those who are using the gospel? You know, you have the example in the book of Acts with Peter, when Ananias and Sapphira sought to use, to bring praise to themselves, the word of God, the Holy Spirit struck them down dead. And God worked in the early church in a powerful way to preserve his word from being corrupted. What will happen, he says, he wants to come to them in love and gentleness of spirit, but the kingdom of God is a matter of power, not a matter of any idea that anyone comes up with sounding good. The message is that important. It's not that Paul is great. He's just told them how not to boast in men. It, it's not that he's something special. He was ordained to a special calling, but he himself is just a man. Peter is just a man. But the message is that important. And the corruptions and the division, remember he says those that defile the temple of God, God will destroy them. It's so important in God's sight, in the sight of the Holy Spirit, that they, have, they are in danger of being dealt with in a very powerful way by the Lord. You see the extent of what this human wisdom and human 
teachings has done to the church. Look in chapter, the, the letter obviously did not have chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. So if you continue right on to the next verse, 5 verse 1, he says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up and have not mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. You're so puffed up. You're so caught up in your teaching. And obviously, it's a very tolerant teaching. I guess that minister wouldn't like this verse either. Um, they might have been saying, look, we can tolerate anything because we're saved by grace. Even Paul, and I am of Paul, even Paul said we're saved by grace, so let sin go on that grace might abound. To which Paul says what? God forbid. But we don't read that scripture. We may only say I am of Paul because we want the one part of Paul's teaching and take it and twist it and be arrogant and puffed up. But we have this teaching here. It leads to immorality in the church. Verse 6, he says, you're glorying. They're glorying in the fact that they're allowing this to go on. Immorality that's not even seen among the Gentiles. And the Gentiles in Corinth had a lot of immorality. So that's making a very bold statement that the church has become worse than the world. Your glory is not good. Do you not know that what? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Beware of the yeast, the Pharisee, and the Sadducee. It's so easy for the same things to come in, to glorify in men, to glorify in human position, that you accept things that are not of Christ. You're so ready to accept, what do we read in 2 Corinthians? Some other teaching, some other gospel, some other Jesus. You are so glorifying, and it's not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened, the unleavened bread of sincerity, and truth. Sincerity and truth. We'll close with one last scripture, instruction from Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'll read verses 1 to 5, and verse 3 has a key section. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, remember Jesus is the judge, at his appearing, and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. You have 10,000 instructors. Why? their own desires. They want to do what they want to do. They have itching ears. They like to hear flattering words. They will heap up for themselves teachers. They will not endure sound doctrine. And verse 4, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, Timothy, you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an, of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry.
That was a good thing to be an evangelist, to preach the gospel. That was a good thing to evangelize and tell people about Jesus Christ. It was a good thing to go into the pagan world and take people out of sin and corruption and set them on a path, give them the keys of the knowledge of the kingdom of God. That was not forcing one's opinion on another, as some modern ministers would say now, or disapproving of their culture. That was bringing them the glory of God. And Timothy, no matter what they do, a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. You be watchful. You do the work of an evangelist. You preach the gospel. You fulfill your ministry. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would raise up, and we thank you for those you have raised up. Believe as Lord who would be faithful and preach the gospel, even when the ways of the world go against your way, Lord. And put your hand of blessing, your Holy Spirit, upon your ministers throughout this globe who preach the truth of your word. Father God, that they would be the head and not the tail. Father God, that they could stand and not fall. Father God, that they would be shielded from all the pressures about them, Lord God, to do that which you've called them to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our service time is 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the Memorial Hall in Madison, Connecticut. You can find maps and info about our services on our website at www.shiarjashub.org, as well as a library archive of programs that are sure to help you in your daily Bible study. The address again is www.shear.org hyphen j-a-s-h-u-b dot o-r-g. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.